Hello, this is Daniel Gregory. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Perceptive Photographer Podcast. This is our 293rd episode. We're getting so close to 300, and I don't know why 300 is such an interesting milestone for me. I think maybe it's because I started the podcast and wasn't sure I was going to make more than one podcast, and I ended up now getting close to 300, so that's pretty exciting. At least for me, it's pretty exciting. Hopefully, it'll be exciting for you, too. There'll be cake and scotch and stuff, so, well, I mean, if you bring your own, I guess you'll have cake and scotch, too, but I'll have cake and scotch. It'll be very exciting. Who, who knows what will happen? As I was sitting down to start to work on this week's podcast, I was, you know, looking through, I've got a list of topics and things that come up and questions people send me or things I read that I want to talk about in the podcast. And so usually when it comes time to record a podcast, I just grab one of those topics or two and record for the day. And I'll record two, three, four sessions, whatever I'm recording that day. And as I was looking at my notes this week, I had this little, it's actually the question we're going to talk about for today, but I had this little anecdotal story written down, didn't have all the details, but the question that was there was really kind of interesting to me. And as I thought back on the conversation, which I'm about to tell you about how I got to this topic here in a second, um, I thought it was a really interesting thing because it's something that's come up with me over and over again, not just in my photography, but it comes up in a lot of the conversations I have when I watch how people, passionate people get or upset or angry or happy and joyous as people get about the things in their lives. It really kind of struck me on what this question was. So we'll get to the question here in a second. The conversation that led to the question started with a friend of mine who's a photographer who's a little bit snobby is not the right word. Elitist isn't quite the right word, but they're a little peculiar about their approach to a level of digital manipulation that they then believe is no longer photography. So they're not opposed to Photoshop. They're not opposed to darkroom dodging and burning or anything like that. But there's a weird kind of tipping point that has yet to be defined that is it's now too much. And so now it becomes no, no longer photography. People shouldn't be doing that. There's too much manipulation, blah, blah, blah. And this last time we were having this conversation, which we've had more than once, to be honest, I finally asked the question, I said, well, why do you care? Like, why is this such a big deal to you? Why do you care so much about this? And the answer they gave was in, immaterial. It actually has nothing to do with the, the response. The, that is the question we're going to talk about today. But the thing that led me to thinking that this question was so interesting was the gap between when I asked the question and their response. Because it was uncomfortably long as they had to start thinking about why did they care if somebody else manipulated a photograph more than they would. Because that's really what it came down to is the person would manipulate more than they would. And then if that other person had success and that was a problem, if they didn't have success, that was a problem. But it came down to this gap that I found really interesting because there was so much processing going on in their head about well, why do they care about this? What is it about this topic in particular? What is it about this subject that bothers them so much? Is there something about the nature of the way that question was phrased that had such an impact? So I really went back and started to think about, well, why, why, why do you care? Why would that question be such, such a challenging question? And what I realized was that question invokes a complex way to answer the question. It requires us to think emotionally. We also have the psychological uh, component of that. We might have a spiritual component of that. And so there's a couple of complexities to the way we would answer that question, because why you care might not be as simple as yes or no, or up or down. It might have some layers to that. And some of those things force you to look at yourself in an interesting way. So if somebody asks why you care, you now have to think about why you care and what are the implications of that? What is that saying about you at this time? Because you could have something that you don't care about, but you're passionate about, and it's not that big a deal. You could also have things that for some reason you have decided you really care about them, even though they mean nothing to you and they have no material impact on your life. You just somehow, it's clicked a button in you and you've gotten all weird about it. 
So that that question really is what's kind of stuck with me, that notion of what that question means. So why do you care? As I photograph, the things I photograph are things that visually interest me. They're things that I hope are visually interesting to other people. They're things that I might be passionate about and care about. So I care about the environment. It's one of the things I care about. So a lot of the reasons that I photograph landscape photography and big landscapes and things like that is I care about the preservation of that. I think that should be there for future generations. I think we should have a way to successfully engage with the environment in a meaningful way. So the reason I care about my photographs and other people's environmental photographs is that issue is important to me. Just like when I look at portraiture, other people are important to me and interesting to me, and I love their stories and I love hearing about their lives. So photography and portraiture that reflects that, that conveys some story back on that to me is interesting. And it's why I think street photography, like I said, portrait photography, but not like necessarily fashion photography is interesting to me because of the, the realness that I believe exists within those photographs. Now, whether or not it's real or not, I, I don't care. Um, so the, but for me, those things really matter. So that the gravity of that impact of having things that are important to me reflected through in photography and the things I gravitate towards that I am interested in looking at photographically or am interested in creating photographically. So at the root of that are, are, are two kind of things that I think are interesting as we think about photography and talk about photography. And there are ways I think we can look at our own photographs, which ultimately for me, a lot of these questions are, how do I become a better photographer? You know, just having random thoughts and writing things down is great, but how do I become a better photographer from that? And so for me, one of the things about what I, why do I care comes down to two kind of bigger buckets. And there are things that matter to me. There are positions in life that matter to me. But those are things that are impacting me. So part of why do I care is about how am I responding to that? How is that making me learn and understand the world? Because when you think about you know the world, there's those, that classic phrase, you know what you know, you know what you don't know. And then there's that third bucket, you don't know what you don't know. And you know, for me, a lot of the exploration we do and the reading we do and the studying we do and the people we talk with is about satisfying those that that increased level of knowledge of things. And so a part of our understanding is not just, you know, left brain. It's also a spiritual, emotional, uh, very personal journey that a lot of us take through our art and photography and creative practice. So learning the impact that the, my own ideas and my own thoughts have on my, on my own learning and journey is important. And I think that's why I care about part of my creative practice is it's helping me through that exploration. It's helping me say things that I haven't been able to say otherwise. There are things that I didn't have clarity on before. There are things that I didn't even know I cared about or learned about or saw that are now reflected through the photography. And at the same time that's going on, I think if I'm honest with myself, and I think all photographers are honest with themselves, what we strive for and what we hope for, and in some cases crave, is the impact on others. We want to be able to make photographs and take photographs that other people look at and they have some awareness that changes who they are. Like I said, maybe it changes the way they think about a subtopic or their emotional response to something or their compassion that, towards a group of people or a place or a subject. Whatever it is that we care enough to create the work and why do we care is because we want to also have that impact with other people because that connects us in an interesting way. It's what allows me to say that the things I see and think and feel and experience in the world that are important to me are also important to other people. And I think this is where a lot of photographers struggle, particularly when they're getting started with their work or they're trying to understand their work, is that 
while the things we deal with are oftentimes universal, the ideas we deal with are oftentimes universal in terms of caring for things, loving things, uh, understanding, being understood, uh, awe, wonder, whatever those subjects are, that those exist in a lot of different forms and mediums. And while we struggle because we create this work that we're passionate about, that we believe in, that we want to share with others, we want to communicate with others, at the end of the day, it doesn't always appeal to everybody. And so I've been thinking about this, this idea, like I said, of caring. And one of the areas I kind of went back to was looking at the bookshelf. So I love books. I love to read. And I went back and looked at my bookshelf and I looked at what do I have on the bookshelf? Well, a lot of authors deal with the same subjects, whether you're reading Ursula K. Le Guin or you're reading Agatha Christie or you're reading Stephen King or you're reading uh, somebody else. Um, literally just like every author's name just went blank in my head. Um, I can think of book titles, you know, I can think of Emma and Huckleberry Finn, but you know, Mark Twain and Jane Austen out the window. Anyway, as you look at genres of writing, you know, there are the same themes, the same concepts, the same ideas come up a lot of times in different genres. The ideas and things we look at in science fiction are the same that we look at potentially in a murder mystery or in a, you know, horror thing or in a romance or wherever we're, we're dealing with these common universal threads, but they don't appeal to everybody. Not everybody reads and likes science fiction. Not everybody reads and likes mysteries. So photography is the same way. Part of the job is making sure that what we care about is communicated in there. And then what we care also about is making sure that we find our own audience. And sometimes that takes a little bit of work. We have to find the other people who are odd enough that they're like us but different enough that there's something to learn from. So I think that's part of the struggle a lot of us have in creating work that we care about. We we get the self side. We get that I'm learning through my photography. And we also see the impact that photography has on us. So we know it can have that effect on others. And yet when we're, we're swirling in our own head about why we care about the things we create, the frustration sometimes comes from our inability to feel like we're connecting with others. And I think part of that is knowing your audience. It's identifying your audience. In the fine art space, I tell people this all the time. When people contact me about, hey, how do I find a gallery? You have to do a lot of research on galleries, on what they show, who they show, what matters to the gallery, what are the issues and types of art that matter to the gallery. You just can't go into any gallery and expect any kind of work to hang there. They have a certain audience they've identified and a certain clientele they work with. We're the same way. You're basically a mini little gallery on some level. You've got to find that audience and communicate to that audience. And I think the other thing that's so empowering from this, and this is the thing I think for me on what do I, why do I care about my work being shared is I no longer care about everybody liking my work. But what I care about is when somebody does connect with my work, it's in a deep, meaningful way that they have an experience of that work that is something beyond just casually looking at the photograph. And if that's one person or a million people, the satisfaction for me is in knowing that I created something that had that level of connection. And I think that's for me letting go of some of the, I care that everybody likes it, or I have a big audience or a huge audience is something that has allowed me to have some freedom to be honest with myself about what matters. You know, I I'm fine being in a small niche. You know, you may not be, you may decide you want a huge audience and lots of accolades and that's fine too. You own your niche that you're in, but Knowing why you care about that and what really matters to you, I think, can make you a better photographer and make you more happy with the kind of work you create so that you know that if you're creating things that are important to you and they have an impact on you and then they have an impact on others, 
then it's easier to do the work and understanding that not everybody's going to have the same level of impact is okay. I mean, that's fine. That's, that's part of part of art. That's why, you know, as we look at art, not art is not the same to everybody. It's a little bit different to others. So I hopefully as you think about your own work and your own process, think about why you care about the things you make why you care about what you learn from those and why you care about what others think and how they're impacted by that and see if that shifts maybe your approach and what you do and how you approach things. Because I think you can be really empowered by knowing why you care about things and knowing why you care about the response you get back and understanding that there's a difference between things that really matter and ego and things that matter in our own vanity. You know, would you rather have Three people love a photograph and have it change the way they think about the world or a thousand people sort of like it, but do nothing with it. I think at the end of the day, it's the change that really drives a lot of us. It's the impact that drives us, not just the superficiality of looking at a photograph. I hope you have a great week behind the camera. I hope you get to do lots of cool, fun, creative things out there. Remember to stay safe, wear a mask, keep others safe. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us up on any of the podcast platforms. If you're changing around on that, that'd be great. Also, I am got two sessions that I'm presenting at the virtual Photoshop summit that's coming up in November. And I'll have a link up on the website where you can register for that. If you haven't already done so, I'm going to be doing a section on introduction to color management, which is going to be a good little session. It's basically covers human vision, uh, settings in Photoshop, basic monitor settings, uh, rendering intents, and really how those things work and why they're important. So rather than just like, here's a couple of things to click on, try to get a little theory behind why color management works. The other one is an introduction to the LAB color space, which is a very difficult and complex color space, but I've really distilled it down to about the five or six really easy, fast things you can do in LAB to help deal with color and things like that. So should be great sessions. You can always check for the registration up on the site or hit the Photoshop Virtual Summit website and register there. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.